You are listening to The Pulse, Rod Murray's e-learning tech podcast. Number 217, Jerome Pizzenti of Sizzle AI. That teaser sounds like Joni Mitchell, but that's a piece called Both Sides Now by the Debbie Porius Trio. Debbie is a jazz pianist, composer, teacher, and vocalist. If you like jazz, I'm sure you'll love this piece. Stay tuned for the piece at the end of my podcast. I'm happy to report that this episode is sponsored by NEDLA. That's the Northeast Digital Learning Association. N-E-D-L-A dot org. NEDLA is a chapter of the USDLA, the United States Distance Learning Association. Please support my sponsor. Today I'm very pleased to share my interview with Jerome Pizzenti, founder of Sizzle AI. Jerome discusses his extensive background in AI as the former vice president of IBM Watson and after leaving vice president of AI for Meta after four years to start Sizzle. Sizzle is a free app that uses large language models to help learners work through any homework problem step by step. It aims to provide personalized and engaging learning experience for users, with the majority currently being high school students. He discusses the potential of AI in education, the importance of responsible implementation and regulation, and he also compares Sizzle to other educational platforms and shares his vision of competing for users' time against social media platforms. An interesting take. The episode concludes with Jerome encouraging listeners to try Sizzle for themselves and provide feedback. Quote, Sizzle AI is the future of learning, a free AI tutor for everyone, end quote. So without further ado, here's the interview. Jerome, thank you so much for joining me and my audience today. I'm really pleased to uh, to meet you and, and learn more about you and your product. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we jump into um, Sizzle, uh, why don't you tell my audience a little bit about yourself and how you got involved and uh, what your background is? Sure. I mean, the first thing I want to do as a disclaimer is that I am not an ad specialist by any measure. I would say my biggest specialty there is I have four kids uh, and I spent a lot of time with them and tutoring them. Uh, I think they wish they didn't have to come to me, but uh, that's uh, uh, I'm there, I would say, number one resource in terms of tutoring. So that's all my extent of, you know, having gone to school myself and having my kids. So I don't uh, I don't uh, portray myself as a specialist. My background is in AI. I've been in that field for now 25 years. Um, this is my third AI startup. I've done like uh, two others, one in uh, B2B space, uh, text mining in 2000, before it was, the I would say, the, the fashion now. And then I sold it to IBM. I was IBM for a few years. Uh, also in AI, putting AI in the cloud. Then I did uh, a switch to AI for drug discovery for a few years, another startup. And then I was my last uh, role was at Meta uh, as a head of AI there uh, for the entire company. Um, and then I left a year ago to do another startup because this is the kind of thing I like to do. I like to build things. Uh, and I really thought that it was time to do something in learning and education with AI. And I thought there was an amazing opportunity there. And that's what Sizzle is about. Great. Well, that's uh, that's my bellywick. You know, uh, I've been in uh, higher ed uh, my whole career, and uh, I've always been about uh, using technology to uh, improve education. You know, it's always been the uh, 
holy grail to have a you know a, a custom you know individual tutor in my heavens we're 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 there if I'm almost there or we're there uh, why, why don't you tell my audience about what sizzle does uh how it works yeah, I mean, so there's the what it does today, and there's the vision. So what it does today is really like a, I would say a little bit of a tutor in a pocket. Uh, you give it a problem, and it helps you solve it. Uh, it tries to get you to it gives you the steps, uh, and then tries to tries to get you to answer these steps one by one and walk you through the problem. So kind of like a work example that tries to get you to answer the uh, the steps each time. That's the first step we're trying to do. But really, our mission, we want to make learning amazing for everyone. And we want to create an experience that feels a lot more personalized, a lot more one-on-one. Where we'll go next is try to get people to come back to the app, to learn things, you know, to commit to learning, uh, to get feedback on how well they are doing, to give them a curriculum on how to learn a certain skill and, you know, incentivize them to go through them one-by-one. So we start with uh, homework help, but our goal is really to get people to learn really anything uh, in the most engaging and effective way. What? Um, who's your main audience? Is it, is it uh, middle school, high school, college, or all? Today, it's really, I would say, majority of our users are high school. This is actually who we were targeting, you know, looking at a high school problem and STEM problem. That's where we started. I would say it's more than 50%. We do have a good portion also of middle school and college. I would say it makes the next two quarters of our audience. Good. I, when did you actually get started? To be honest, uh, hadn't heard about this until very recently. What, so when did you start? Yeah, uh, we launched launch? actually pretty recently. Yeah, uh, we we launched the app officially mid August. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's very very new. Um, and uh, you know, I'm going to have this in my show notes, but according to your website, it says Sizzle AI is the future of learning, a free AI tutor for everyone. So that sounds just wonderful. How do you make it free? How do you make any money? So right now, our goal is to, um, you know, our, our goal right now is to go for a wider audience and understand user behavior and collect interesting data. So we're trying to actually create better language models, get interesting like data around what problems people are trying to solve. So our incentive at the moment is to build a large audience, um, and the goal is to create AI that can help people learn pretty much these problems. But if we can help them learn this problem, we'll be able to help people learn any kind of problems because we're not hard coding anything in the system. And we think at some point there will be a good audience that we can monetize, like people trying to upskill themselves, people trying to onboard in the company. Uh, so I think if we can do this use case, there'll be a lot of other use cases that are a lot more monetizable than kids in school. So this is where we're taking kind of a really like a long-term approach of trying to provide something for free that in the past people have got you know, had to pay for yeah. because it will allow us to create a really more, you know, interesting and broader product that we feel we'll keep be able to monetize later on. Uh, that sounds like a great idea. So long as you, uh, you must have the backing uh, to do it, which, which is great. Um, how did you? Yeah, the goal is we're trying to, yeah, exactly. We're trying to have a really broad vision and get the venture capital behind us that allow us to do this. Uh, our goal is to be an app that a billion users will use one day. You know, we're very vicious. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, how, how does your ex? What did your experience at Meta? Uh, how did that inform uh, the way you're going about uh, producing this app? Or the things that uh, this idea came out of the blue with you? I hear you have children. Um, you know, I'm curious why you just didn't stay and do this in Meta, for example. 
it was actually very informed by my experience at Meta. So maybe I can tell you a little bit backstory. Um, the thing when I was at Meta, I think, I, you know, when I was there, there are a lot of interesting things I did, and I think, and my team did, like things like PyTorch, using AI for content moderation, you know, pretty pretty impactful thing, using AI for ads, which works amazingly well. Um, and But I really wanted to do, like, how can you tackle this, you know, this amazing power of AI to do something for people's life that they feel is extremely valuable to them. Uh, sometimes we use AI to get people to come back to an app, you know, to stay hooked up to it. But if you ask people, you know, a month later, you know, was that really valuable to you? It's not clear, you know. And so what I want to do is an app that when people use it, like Sizzle, they feel a month later, they'd be like, oh, I really learned something. I really, I spent some time on the app, but it brought me something that's going to be useful for my, for my life. And that, you know, makes me a better person. So that was really my driver for me. Like, you know, how can I use all this power of AI to do something that people feel really, really good about? You know, like I spend every day, on Sizzle 10 minutes or 30 minutes, and I feel good about it. That's my goal. Now, what's interesting is at Meta, we learn to get people to use these apps a lot more than people have done in education. You know, they really have recipes that work amazingly well. You know, we understand what makes products retentive. And so this is what I want to apply to the uh, uh, learning education world, where retention is usually a big problem. Whereas in social media apps, it has been their bread and butter. Right, right. So that that uh, makes me wonder: Are, are you promoting it uh, actively on uh, Instagram and and Facebook then, or or is, or is it just uh, growing uh, organically at this point? No, we're doing both right now. I think most of the growth is organic, but we're also experimenting on how to promote it on like TikTok and Instagram at the moment as well. Uh, but we are, you know, we're just we have delivered just a small portion of our vision. You know, the goal at some point is to get a product that people come back. You know. We want to have something like the daily sizzle. They come every day, they do something, and they feel, oh, I'm making progress towards my learning goals, you know. Okay. Um, give my audience uh, uh, sort of the range of, of subjects. Uh, it's mostly math and science. Um, how would you describe that in terms of your main audience, your main... Uh... Yeah, right now we're really trying to position it more STEM, you know, and, uh, you know, advantage of a product like we have today compared to what was in the past, like Photomath, is that you can handle like word problems, but also you can handle non-math problems, you know, things like chemistry, physics, biology. Some people use it also for like broader problems, you know, it, it does things. You can even ask it to, for a recipe, it will give you step-by-step -step to <laughs> this. We haven't designed it for that yet, you know. But the technology behind it, which are which is these large language models, tend to work equally well. Uh, the form factor right now is around step by step. Step by steps tend to be more meaningful for STEM problems at the moment. You know, right? Yeah, I, I spent some time on it, and I, I like uh, how that works in terms of uh, asking a question, and then it, it asks you to respond. And uh, uh, if you don't want to just respond off the top of your head, it it can prompt you for. Um, some choices, like a multiple choice right. uh, test, but th there's no grading per se. It's just uh, helping people solve solve a problem. Yeah, and this is actually the, the feature you point at is like one of the things we're trying to do is how do you get people? I mean, we do allow them to see the answer of each step, but we try to to really like nudge them to do more, right? To test themselves or to answer it by, by themselves. So this is the game we want to be in, which is how do we get the user to do more and more on their own, you know? And that's what we'll 
keep pushing feature in the app to get people to do a lot more and be more proficient in solving these kind of problems on their own. You know, this brings up um, uh, a question that I think higher a lot of education in general is, is trying to uh, determine how they're going to handle AI, AI tools. Um, I do a little bit of uh, teaching. In fact, I teach a course in podcasting uh, just uh you know, I was I was offered this uh, uh, little adjunct position. I thought oh, it might be fun, and uh, I said, how, "How does your school handle uh, uh, AI?" They said, "Well, we can't we can't use it when we turn in a you know a, a written exam. We're not supposed to use it." And I don't know how they you know control that. And I said, "Well, for my course, um, there's no written exams. There's no uh, multiple choice. It's all the audio that you're producing." So um, my philosophy is, you know. Uh, People say, well, you know, they're going to be put out of a job by AI. I say, no, you're going to be put out of a job by a person who knows how to use AI better than you do. So right now, learn how to use AI, AI as best you can. And, uh, you know, and people are saying, well, this is the end of the written exam. You just have to ask, you know, verbally. You have to do an oral exam for many, many topics. What, what's your philosophy around using uh, AI um, and cheating and that sort of thing? So first, I want to say I really like what you said, which is, you know, I've been in that space for a long time. You're not going to be replaced by AI, but you could be replaced by someone using AI better than you do. I think this is really what I want to do things, which means that schools just can't decide to ignore it, right? This is a tool. It's like it will be in 10 years, like asking not to use this tool or be like, oh, you should go to school without a computer. That's not going to happen. Right? This is the tool. To be honest, right today, like when I recruit people, this is one of the first thing I ask them. When you code, are you using GPT? Are you using Copilot? It's amazing tool. They're going to make you 50% more productive. Why wouldn't you use them? So I think it's really important to embrace this. Now, it doesn't mean that companies like ours don't have a responsibility. I think we really do have a responsibility. And this is why for us, as a top objective that we are taking is to get people to learn, not to cheat, not to get the answers, but really try to incentivize them to really do the work or really get the uh, you know the skills. But it also means that we are conscious that this tool exists. You know that we that it's Sizzle or others. There will be tools for people to see answers. And ultimately, that's not what matters. People get the answer right or wrong, right? It's that can they show their work? Can they do it there, right? And we can see if they do actually, right? In the on our app, we can report back on that. So I think that's going to be a future. My, I'm optimistic that the future will be good. Uh, it means the school embracing it and the people providing it optimizing for the right thing, right? Not just providing some shortcuts that ultimately don't really solve anything. Right. So you you sound like you're an optimist like me. I I, I write a newsletter on the, I'm the militant optimist and I <laughs> I write about the good things and the, how technology is going to help us in the future. So I think we're on the same page there. There's been so much talk about the existential threat of AI. What, what's your view on that? Again, I think it's the same. Um, uh, I mean, in terms of like, I don't buy it in terms of replacing people. I mean, the whole history of automation has shown that it creates so much value that you cannot like get even more economic activity out of the end. I think it will be the same. I do think it will be a tool that's unavoidable. Again, it, it will feel in 10 to 20 years the same as not using a computer, which is a non-starter in most jobs out there, right? But the third thing is I do think that with you know great power comes great responsibility and you need to be, you know, there needs to be some regulation around it. 
There needs to be some understanding of deep aspect. I'm not at all a doomer, which is, I think the problems that the doomers talk about it are just not relevant today. It's not about AI taking over. It's still pretty dumb overall. You know, it's, people don't quite understand how well, it's amazing what it does, but it's not human at all. You know, like it doesn't do things the same way. It's like, it's very knowledgeable about everything, right? It can incorporate a lot of knowledge, but it's based on a lot of memory rather than deep, you know, knowledge, understanding or deep reasoning behind it. Still very useful. So not going to replace people and we still have a lot of control over it, but badly implemented, right? It can, you know, duplicate bias, for example, which can be a huge problem. It can disrupt, you know, learning, like you said, right? It could be like a cheating tool. So how do we actually go around this, right? How do we design it in a way that incentivizes for the right thing? It's a lot more important to understand what, what are the objectives of that AI? How is it coded uh, versus like just thinking, oh, it's going to take over the world or, or saying, oh, there's no problem with it. You know, it's right. the reality is in the middle, you know. Um, getting back to your app, um, it's uh, available on the on the web and, and there's an app. There's also an app you can download to, I guess, iOS and Android, I'm assuming. I haven't tried the the app yet. And what uh, what can you tell us about competition? I know Khan Academy has been around for a long time, and they have a new um, AI powered uh, tutor called Khan Khan Amigo. Um, mm-hmm. how, how can you compare your product to uh, Khan Amigo, for example? Yeah. So first, I mean the product, as you mentioned, I mean we started with an app both on Android and iOS, and we just launched actually the web version, so you can use it on desktop, just a web browser. Uh, just yesterday, actually. So that was our... Really? Uh, <laughs> That's yes. one of your first users today. <laughs> yes, yes, it was really a, a recent. I mean, I do think right now competition is good. I think people are trying to figure out what is the way that learning will leverage uh, um, this you know, language model, that power of this language model. Um, my view, I think it's interesting to see what everybody is doing. Um, I think it's super interesting to see kind of Kennedy like embracing it and kind of Migo. And I, I think it's a very interesting and pretty well done implementation. Our view though is that I think the um the interface will be you know a lot less chat-like and a lot more fit for purpose. I think one of the challenges with just pure chat interface, like if you try to use Canamigo, kind of is like you do all this work and it asks you a lot of questions, it's kind of cool, you know how it works, but then after okay. You've been successful and it just looks the same. It says, hey, you did it. Okay, cool. Let's move on to something else. You know, as a student, if you're like, okay, did I make progress? Did I, you know, like you need you need incentives, right? You need a feeling like of completion. You need a feeling. So having an interface that's just like text that comes back each time, and there's no like, you know, nothing that shows you you're making progress. There's no so I do feel like people will integrate this technology in a lot more fit for purpose. UIs, you know, like last for us, right? We show you, okay, here are the steps, you did it right, here are the arm options, and you can click, you can answer, you can, there are more like, you know, multimodal interaction to it than a simple like chat. Chat is one way of doing it, but I think there are other ways to do that. So that's our bet. Um, and the second would be like, you need to understand the user and you need to personalize what's going on, right? So as you interact multiple times, each chat can be not starting from scratch, right? You need to start really getting a deep understanding. We haven't really implemented that in the app, but this is really the future for us. Deep understanding users and personalizing to, to what they are and who they are, you know? Right. So that's that's another step where you, it's, it's like some of like uh, ChatGPT or I use Perplexity AI. Uh, it keeps your threads uh, as long as you have an account. So you can go back and continue with the thread 
but it doesn't really learn across the thread, right? So like what you did with it, one thread didn't really help the next thread to understand who you are, what you're trying to do. Obviously, in a pure chat, I mean, chat EPT is very general, right? But in a learning environment, what we can do is understand what you're trying to learn and keep that going, right? Like right. that you connect with us today or in, in a week, we can see how much progress you've made. We can see what you're trying to learn and keep the context going, right? Yeah. It, um, of course, it reminds me of, uh, you know, we've, I've always been a proponent of uh, learning management systems. Uh, maybe the students don't like it, but uh, some of the teachers don't like it mm -hmm. either. But I helped uh, to bring Blackboard into uh, my uh, institution I worked for back in the uh, back in the late 90s. And um, they had either built it their own uh, their own technologies or they often incorporate uh, other technologies. I can certainly see having a plug-in to a learning management system using LTI where they would go into uh, Sizzle and uh, have some hooks uh, so that they could uh, analyze uh, you know, the outcomes. Is that something that uh, you're involved with yet or planned to do to sort of team up uh, or, or make it make an interface, uh, an API for for learning management systems that would help might help you. But right now, yeah. Yeah, it just might help you with no, the uh, uh, analytics piece of it in terms of uh, tracking progress and so on. Yeah, so at the moment, we are just a direct to student, a direct to learner. You know, that's, that's our go-to-market. Um, we do feel that there is a big opportunity there because as this learner use our product, we can see like where they are struggling, where they're having problems, where they're working problems. So imagine like if a classroom was all using Sizzle, right? We could report back to the teacher, hey, for this class of problems, this is where your students are actually struggling. And it would not actually be very complicated for us to do that. Like we do have that information and we can analyze it. And there are amazing tools right now to be able to do that. The challenge for us is like, you know, how do we get plugged in? You know, there's complexity in integrating. So mm -hmm. I do see that as part of the future, especially because on our view right now, we may not want even to sell to school. We'd love to even give it to, for free to them. Um, but, you know, we're not keen in doing complex integration or complex, you know, long cell cycle. Um, yeah. But I'd love to find a way to do this. I'd love to find a way to give that insight back to the teachers and maybe they can just recommend us. You know, that's the that's the the trade I would love to do right now, you know. Yeah, I, I can certainly um, agree with that because, first of all, students, uh, they move around a lot. They change their majors. They, you know, I think, what, less than half of the students that start at an institution end up graduating from there, you know. So having it um, personalized to that student that can follow them throughout their career, it's uh, certainly a great way to think about it. Absolutely. Um Looking at, uh, you know, I, I follow AI. I'm not uh, uh, follow it in in depth in, ter in terms of the technology, but um, I'm just curious uh, in terms of the large language model. Do you do you use something like ChatGPT? Do you build your own models? How how does that work? Actually, both. Right. So at the moment, if you use the app, sometimes it touches uh, GPT four. Sometimes it touches our own model, actually, like built, you know, uh, by fine-tuning some other models. So we have actually, you know, a good set of models right now, like almost like a dozen running for different tasks. Uh, and even the problem solving, you know, some of that is routed to own. So we're trying to learn to do this. Um, GPT-4 is very good. I would say it's the state of the art right now in problem solving. Uh, but as you're looking at, as we're collecting really interesting data, we're starting to deploy our own things as well. 
Yeah, I remember um, trying it with uh, ChatGPT 3.5. Uh, it wasn't so good on some uh, arithmetic. I mean, it it, it wouldn't uh, would make mistakes. Uh, so I assume they they fixed that in 4.5 or whatever the. Not really, actually, right? So we we, we use four, 4 right now, and it's it's way better than uh, 3.5. I would say my view at the moment is that you we will benefit from having like calculations done by real calculators you know like i think there are like some simple tasks that a language model has a hard time to do like arithmetics or even like complex like floating points uh for example manipulation and you know there is this notion of tool use which you kind of kind of do in which model it's not really well developed and i think that's one of the, the future way to making the system much more accurate you know interesting yeah it's it's hard for me to get my it's hard enough for, for most people to get their head around how these large language models work. I mean, I have a general idea uh, in terms of adjusting uh, all this uh, text and so forth and predicting the next word and so forth. But integrating that with with math and some high, you know, uh, high end calculations, that interface seems I, I just can't imagine how that works. I don't know. There's anything you can you can say to uh, to uh, help me understand that a little bit better. How how do you interface the two? Yeah. So so today, right? You can do some arithmetic. I mean, if you ask simple arithmetic to GPT four, it will do it pretty well. Like and it happens because well, this is where you know there, there's things like if you start doing like floating point operation, I think it will you will start seeing the limits pretty quickly. It's not a universal calculator, right? But it's such a general understanding of a lot of the pieces of the world that many of these kind of algorithms are embedded in that system. It's pretty amazing by just like reading all the information in the world. This system are able to kind of like approximate and sometimes even implement some of these algorithms but there's limits to this like it's just it's not a calculator and it will make mistakes especially from things where it's very detailed uh, calculation so what you can do is you can get the system to kind of know how to use a calculator it's what's called tool use because they know the api to the calculator let's say or to wolfram alpha for example okay and so they can learn to use that and because an api call is a lot more like actually language manipulation then instead of doing like, oh, pi divided by, you know, uh, e at the power of two, uh, they will basically send that to the calculator and get the answer, uh, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that helps me understand. I, I understand about Wolfram Alpha, and I, I, I know that that sort of interface would really uh, help help that uh, move that along. Right. And Wolfram Alpha is a very different, different technology. It's not a language model. It's much more like a set of like wrapped up rules that ultimately use a standard calculator, you know, in some steps at the bottom, you know. Right. And so it's usually accurate, but it's a lot less flexible. Um, in looking briefly, I uh, have that that much time to spend on, on the website. But uh, for example, for those out there that that are interested in in, in this, uh, I was intrigued by the fact that uh, I think one sample uh, or one example I saw was that uh, you, a student could take a picture of a word problem from a book or their own handwriting, I don't know. And then your system would would attempt to uh to to answer that. Is that correct? Is that is that possible? Sorry, yeah, that's the main model. You know, I mentioned that earlier. It's a bit like the model, you know, that Photomass had popularized a few years ago. So really the default thing is you come, you take a picture of a problem or you upload a picture, and the system does 
OCR, you know, it does character recognition. It can even parse all the formulas out of it. And then it solves it, or at least it gives you the steps to solve it and walk you step by step through it. Uh, that That is just intriguing. I would love to test it. I, I co-authored a book years ago in pharmacologic calculations, and uh, uh, it'd be, be fun to to try to take a snapshot of some equations there and, and see what uh, your your system can do with it. Uh, but uh, this is it, it's just fascinating. And, and you'll see... At the moment, the system has the standard limitation, which it's actually pretty good at coming up with steps. And we say the steps, from our understanding, are like around 90% relevant each time and pretty like helpful. Uh, but it will get calculations wrong at times. You know, and we say There's a good like 20% of problems where it does get some of the calculation here and there wrong, but the steps are usually accurate. So you have to be careful. And that's something we're working on solving and, and making yeah. some progress on. Yeah. You know? how, how do you validate this uh, going forward? Uh, do, you have a, do you have a team that's uh, somehow... Uh, some, yeah, some... we have benchmarks actually. So we, we do have benchmarks. So we have a set of like problems, both like standard benchmark that exists out there and also like set of problems we have collected ourselves. And we do evaluate what we're doing against this benchmark and see like what accuracy we get, you know. Yeah, oh, that's great. Um, I bet there are listeners out there that can't wait to try their hand at this. And uh, I'll just tell them uh, it's Sizzle, S-I-Z-Z-L-E-A-I. But the URL, I, I really, really, uh, um, you're you're lucky to get a three-letter URL, <laughs> S-Z-L. Uh, dot AI. So if you're looking, if you, how do I get to this? You're one of the shortest URL out there, right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. I really appreciate that. <laughs> oh, the other thing I want to ask you about before we go, uh, uh, it looks like your logo looks like a Japanese character. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it's the Kenji character for uh, fire. Uh, for fire. Okay. Okay. It's all fire. But yeah. we actually... We're, we, we, we did, you know, brought, bring in a designer. This is actually... A, came up with that logo and most likely will get replaced at some point. So we're actually <laughs> in the process of discussing that as a team, you know. Oh, interesting. So yeah, if somebody saw that, the Japanese person saw this, they said, oh, this is about recipes and <laughs> how to cook, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, really? you know, the name is interesting. You know, like the re reason we picked this name uh, is because, you know, this is about making learning a lot more fun and engaging and ultimately a lot more amazing. And this is about taking time from people to spend on social media today, right? It's like, so our goal is real ambitious. We want people to learn every day in a way that feels good to them and engaging. And so we're not really trying to compete against, you know, like Kanakanini or Coursera. We're trying to compete against TikTok and Instagram and, and, and Twitter for people's time, you know? Well, so maybe you have to uh, offer them badges, you know, uh, as they complete different things, you know, to collect right. badges. We will, we will get there at some point, yes. Yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> Well, Jerome, this has been fascinating. It sounds like you have a wonderful product. Uh, I certainly uh, wish you the best. Uh, I'm sure you, you certainly have the background for it. That's for sure. Is there anything you want to leave my audience with? Any Anything even more exciting that's around the corner that you can? No, no. I mean, okay. just go, go try it out. Uh, you know, like uh, SEL.ai, or you can type Sizzle in any app stores. We do have a lot of things coming up, you know, like, so uh, I think stay posted on one there. I mean, uh, the next feature we'll push in will be things where you can actually get feedback on your homework or how you completed it, which actually both students and teachers could use, right? So you give it a solution and the system will tell you how well you have done. 
And then after that, we're going to really try to get you to commit to learning and come back to the app, you know, every day and give you like a plan, you know, how do you master that skill or how do you solve this exercise on your own? You know, so yeah. a lot of exciting things in the, in the future, but the app is functional right now and go try it and give us feedback. It's an exciting world we're living in. It changes so quickly. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I mean, it's the, it's the, the opportunity things have to change. And I think, uh, I think education is, is right for it. You know, like, that's the model of education hasn't changed in my view in hundreds of years. And I think we can do better. That's not that I know how, but I think you can use, you can learn how to do better. You know, that's my, my philosophy, you know? Oh yeah. Oh. Well, I'll certainly follow you and uh, I'll look for good things. So uh, thanks so much again. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Jerome Pezzenti. So stay tuned for Both Sides Now by the Debbie Poreas Trio. Until next time, have a great week.
that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to give Rod feedback. You can leave comments on his blog or send email to rod at rodspulsepodcast.com. The preceding audio commentary is the product of the author, Dr. Rodney Murray, and does not represent the official viewpoint of any other institution or company. Podcast.